0: Whatever reason Facebook likes to be dumb, but we are live. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 234. I'm your host, Kyle Bennett. As always, guys, show brought to you by our awesome local sponsors, Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novig Automotive, Mark Ronchetti, CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. And of course, our awesome merch provider, DesignTree, DSGNtree.com. Search Underground Sports Philadelphia and use the promo code SPRING20 to save yourself 20% off your order at checkout. And our awesome sponsors at Tomahawk Shades. We've got a kick-ass giveaway going on with them tomorrow on our Twitter page at Underground PHI. so stay tuned for that. But if you want to get your own pair right now, use our promo code USP at checkout. And you're going to save yourself 25% off your entire order. And I am thrilled to finally get my man who is on the voice line on the podcast. It took 234 episodes, but he is finally here. And that is my man, the one and only, now a Temple graduate, Mr. Graham Foley. What's going on, man? Welcome to the show. It's about damn time we get you on. Congrats on graduating. And uh, I'm excited to talk some sports with you, man.
1: Thanks so much, Kyle. Yeah, I was going to say, it's really it's, it's about time. I've been uh, you know, a big follower of underground sports for a while. And I'm so glad to finally be on it. Uh, and thank you. I'm very excited to be a graduate of Temple now. It was a weird final semester. Did not expect it to happen like this. Um, but I'm excited to kind of go out into the workforce now.
0: So obviously when you're at Temple, you're Temple tough. But now do you kind <laughs> of graduate that moniker and you're now just Temple made? Or do you keep both?
1: No, that's exactly it, um, you know, Temple Tough, the, it, the minute you finish your last assignment, that hashtag just morphs right into Temple Made, you still have the Temple Toughness, it still sticks with you, uh, but Temple Made from now on, that, that, that's the stamp that I, I, I put when, uh, when anyone asks about college now.
0: So now you just pass down the, the tough stamp to our mutual friend Sixers Adam, right?
1: Correct, exactly, <laughs> anyone who's now going to Temple becomes Temple Tough, uh, you got to you got to earn the Temple toughness, but Sixers Adam is definitely on his way there right now.
0: Yeah, I mean it, it's it's pretty clear that he gets the Temple Tough moniker when he's got Temple tweeting <laughs> at him before he even has one class yeah. at the school.
1: That is such a power move. You get to come to these classes and be like, "Yeah, you know, everyone knows who I am. The school knows who I am." But that's uh, that was really just a powerful show of force by Sixers Adam.
0: Shout out to Sixers Adam, but uh, Graham, <laughs> we have you on the show because we're obviously going through eagles draft picks for the next couple of weeks on our wednesday night shows and with you being a temple guy having covered temple Mm -hmm. football you know all about hopefully not another bad sean bradley in the city of philadelphia (laughs) uh give me a lowdown just from what you were able to experience with sean covering temple football and what type of a player are the eagles getting in sean bradley
1: yeah, I'll be really intrigued to see what he turns into as an NFL prospect. But just speaking purely as a college prospect, I mean, Sean Bradley, I think, was the heart and soul of that Temple defense last year. Um, that, you know, had a couple you know difficult games against UCF. You can easily kind of write them off as not that great of a defense. But if you look at how they played against a very good Memphis team who only lost one conference game to Temple at the link um, or how they beat a uh, top 25 team in maryland early in the season it was the defense that was leading the way and it was really sean bradley who was uh doing it all for them uh as a linebacker he made uh a critical stop against anthony mcfarland who's a maryland running back who was just drafted as well um on a fourth and goal to to win the game against maryland um but just shooting through the gaps he's got physical strength he's got a lot of speed um but the biggest i think asset that Sean brings is just his intelligence and leadership that I think that kind of gets said a lot about guys all their temple tough. Like they've got that and that, but like he's someone who really embodies that he was a gray shirt uh, coming out of Rancocas Valley. He was injured a lot through high school. Uh, He only played three varsity games before his senior year and he was primarily a running back. He didn't want to be on the defensive side of the ball. So he kind of came out of uh, high school with that without many uh, high level offers. Uh, so temple offered him to Grayshirt. shirt um so we took a semester went to rowan took some classes uh and then he came over to temple in the uh, in the spring uh, as you know part of the recruiting class for the next season and he ended up being a three-year starter in a single digit um that took a lot of just not just physical strength and mental strength uh really he was a, a workhorse in the film room uh very very smart and really led that defense um both on the field and off the field he was just Uh, really the epitome of that Temple Tough mantra that people talk about, and a very smart player. So that's what I think he's going to be able to really bring to the NFL, just his intelligence, uh, his ability to understand the game, to lead people around him. Um, With his size, I think he probably starts off as special teams, and I think when when I've read everything after the draft, that's kind of the position people expect him to be, starting out on special teams, seeing what he can add there. But I also think he really fits the kind of – Eagles linebacker, the Kamu Grigier Hill kind of mold where he's got a lot of speed, not a ton of size. He doesn't believe he's undersized. He might, he you know, his arms can be a little longer. Uh, he could be a little bigger, but he's got plenty of speed. He can kind of uh, go back into coverage, uh, play kind of a quasi-safety role. Um, I think he's got a lot of potential there as well. So it'll be really interesting to see what he can do away from just uh, special teams year one.
0: Because you and I were talking, too, before we started, you know, to go live and recording the show, like, the Eagles don't truly value your you know, traditional linebacker that our parents probably grew up watching where you have kind of that, that bruiser right in the middle. They don't have a Jeremiah Trotter. They don't have a Luke oh, Kuechly kind of value on the linebacker position. And you saw that again in this draft when they took Sean Bradley, they took Davion Taylor earlier in the, in the draft as well. And those two guys are just kind of raw speed athletes that get Kind of just get the linebacker label. Uh, But Mm -hmm. I I really liked what I saw from Sean Bradley's speed. And you talked about, you know, that's one of his big traits he brings to the table. Um, How do you think, you know, you having worked for the Eagles as well before, do you think this defense can kind of utilize that speed with how they kind of maneuver the linebacker position and they bring, you know, a safety down or a corner's playing that hybrid linebacker position? How do you think Sean's speed can kind of get him on the field uh if they do value him that much to get him onto the 53-man roster
1: yeah i think you said it right there just to get him onto the field um you know like i said i'll probably be able to make his mark in the 53-man roster this year by being on special teams um, but this is a, a league that's just getting more and more centered on speed and on wide receivers that can burn people and um, you know, not a, the running back position is not as important for guys who are bursting up the middle and um, and knocking guys over. So you don't need that kind of bruiser as much uh, in the middle of the linebacking court. Uh, you know, and the Eagles have shown that with guys like Nate Gary and guys like Hammond hill who played a lot for this team last year. Um, even Nigel Bradham, too, wasn't you know that big compared to guys like Luke Keekley or Ray Lewis or traditional linebackers. So Uh, who knows when he will actually be able to get out in the field for defense besides preseason, if there is a preseason. Obviously, you hope there there is. Um, But I I think that his speed and his ability to kind of back up into coverage, uh, that's going to be massive. If if they need somebody to fill in for Nate Gary, he's the guy who kind of fits that mold right away. Um, Davion Taylor also, uh, you know, the third-round pick, probably a little higher on the totem pole there. He's also kind of fit that role um but it was good you know it they it, it didn't seem like a wasted pick when the Eagles have a mindset of what they're looking for in a linebacker and they showed that with getting davion taylor and they showed that again with getting sean bradley it's it's not a guy they're just getting for special teams you can tell they say all right this is a kind of linebacker we want to get and this is that type of player uh so let's bring him in and they're getting obviously a lot of intelligence and leadership with that too
0: yeah, because one thing I I looked up, you know, when I was searching for Sean Bradley, and the first video that pops up is him just running his forty at the combine, and just seeing uh-huh. the speed he brings for the position he plays, it, it's kind of extremely untraditional for how quick and how fast he was. And sure, you can say what you want about the forty yard dash and how it's it's got its its pros and cons and everything, but for him to be able to bring that speed to the table and if he can use that to get after the quarterback or drop back in coverage and cover a tight end at a a better rate than the traditional linebacker could I think that's a value that Jim Schwartz uses in this defense to have those speed athletes cover the tight end because now the tight end more than ever has become a speed bruising athlete
1: 100 percent and uh and even in games last year uh sean bradley was used as a run as a running back uh for temple in in certain games uh they were kind of thin at that position with some injuries uh some young guys there and so sean bradley came in and decided to be a running back played both sides of the ball in certain games uh he was a running back mostly in high school so he's always had this kind of speed um his raw physical ability combined with his strength is or his um intelligence is really why he moved to the linebacker position Um, because he realized he added a lot more value there, but he's always going to have that kind of speed he can add. Uh, But like you said, while that is what, uh, you know, Schwartz would want in a linebacker, if they do need someone who can kind of burst through the gaps and be a big bruiser, he's done that before too. Who knows if that kind of translates to the much bigger, tougher NFL game. Uh, But there are plenty of instances where, in you know, end goal situations, Sean Bradley was the guy leading the way to make the stop on a big running back uh, in, a, in a key situation.
0: Now, this year, more than ever, we saw a ton of guys from Temple get drafted. They were in that graphic that swirls around from different outlets, you know, breaking down how many players from each college were drafted, and Temple had four guys this year. As a now Temple alumni, and having covered this Temple football team for some time, Uh how cool is that for you on the flip side of things to see your school and to see guys that you've been able to cover over the past couple of years, see their, you know, football dreams kind of get fulfilled. They get drafted and putting temple on the map, because I think temple is a school that does not get nearly enough credit for what that football program does. There's been a ton of turnover with coaches, you know, getting Mm -hmm. higher profile jobs year in and year out. But the way that the players have been able to stay consistent and B, just super talented athletes, I don't think Temple gets nearly enough credit for how good of a football school they are.
1: Totally. And while it's, it's cool and in, a, in a fun and superficial way to see that you know these guys you're covering are going to the NFL and that Temple's getting um, some exposure in their name out there, they had a first-round pick a couple of years ago, um it's it's also just so crucial to the continue uh to this program continuing to be what it has been for the last few years which has been totally different from its from most of its history um because like you said there, there has been coaching turnover and that's bound to happen when you're at a group of five school you can have coaches that seem loyal and who are doing so well but if they get that power five offer it's hard to turn down um so that's just going to be the reality for Temple. Until they're able to move to a Power Five conference, if that ever does happen. Um, but what can continue their dominance um, in, you know, recent recruiting in the Northeast and finding players who, like Sean Bradley who didn't have a lot of offers but turning them into a three-year starter, an NFL player. Um, it's it's showing these recruits that hey, if you come here, you might not be playing against you know Alabama and Penn State. Um, although they do play Penn State a lot in non-conference, but you might not be playing these huge schools. Uh, but you have a good shot to go to the NFL because all these guys are getting to the NFL. Uh, they have plenty of guys too that were signed as undrafted free agents who have a lot of talent who uh, can make a roster. Uh, and that really is the mindset for a lot of these players. Uh, they bond as a team, and they know that you know they're at a school that's not going to get a ton of respect. Uh, you're in an urban environment too. It's not this manicured college campus. You're playing at a stadium six miles away. Um, but it's an NFL stadium, and it's an NFL mindset uh, that all of them know that they they can really uh, craft, uh, perfect their craft, uh, and get to that next level at the school. So I think that's the coolest part um, that Temple is kind of uh, I don't know walking the walk and how they tell recruits, "Hey, you can become an NFL player here." They're showing it year in and year out. And I think they're the number two northeast school in producing NFL talent over the last five years behind Penn State. Uh, they're head of Boston College. Uh, they're the best group of five school in producing uh, NFL talent over Memphis, over Houston, over um, you know, bigger programs like that, UCF even. Uh, so that, that is really going to be uh, the lifeblood of this program if they want to continue to uh, have the recent stretch of dominance that they've had.
0: How important do you think, or I shouldn't say important, how much of a kind of weight off of Sean Bradley's shoulders do you think it will be knowing that, his locker room's not really changing. you know. He gets that yeah. same commute now uh, that he's had for the past couple of seasons to go play football. He knows the facility at the link, and to have his game day field be the same that it's been for the last three years at Temple, uh, how much of a familiarity factor do you think that plays into just him succeeding that much better than it would have been for him going to a different NFL team?
1: yeah that's just obviously gonna be really cool he doesn't have to leave home he can still have his family around um there's also an enormous responsibility that comes with that where you're not going to be separated from your friends um so you do have to be able to focus um and temple or the eagles haven't taken a temple player in uh, a few years now so there's going to be a little bit of pressure on him to be able to make this team uh, and make an impact so that other temple players can be looked at by their hometown eagles so Um, that is one thing that, you know, can be a concern, but I also think that when you take a guy like Sean Bradley, uh, he's someone who can handle that pressure. He's always been a hard worker. He's always been someone who motivates others. He's not someone who's going to be swept up, uh, into partying with his friends when he's, you know, supposed to be getting ready for an NFL season. Um, so I think being at home, knowing every, I think he said every nook and cranny of the link the other day in an interview, like, There's a lot of truth to that. Uh, It's going to be really cool to just be at home, to be relaxed, uh, to not have to deal with the pressures of moving and learning a new NFL stadium and learning a new culture of a city um, the way other rookies have to do. That is an enormous thing that I think people don't really think about. Um, So there's going to be added pressure for sure, but I think being at home and just being comfortable right away, that's going to be something he doesn't have to worry about, and that's really important too.
0: Now, he knows every nook and cranny, but can you confirm his savage trash talk as being (laughs) legit?
1: All right, what I can say is we we saw that report, and a bunch of my friends who have all covered the Temple football team and Temple basketball team, too. uh, In our group chat, were like, why didn't we know about this before? (laughs) That would have been an awesome story. That is so cool. So while I can't totally confirm that I've heard it or heard about it, um, I was on the field a lot my sophomore year when I was working for the athletic department doing social media, but... you you can't really hear that kind of chatter during the crowd and everything but from what we observed in practice they are a hard-nosed group of guys who were who will go at it with each other on the team and then it's all love afterwards uh but so i've seen the trash talk there and what they've said there matches up to what they would be saying to other teams so i didn't know about that uh specifically but it doesn't surprise me and I, i think it's so funny
0: I'm all about it because we know this Eagles team, for the guys that are still here from the Super Bowl run and guys that are on this team, especially the secondary, uh, mm-hmm. they are absolute savages. They are uh, just tough mindset guys that have that confident cockiness. And I think if you can just add more players like that to a defense that's run by Jim Schwartz, it's going to pay dividends You know more than I think most average fans would see because I think if you're on the same wavelength as everybody on the unit that you're playing on it, it's going to do a lot of positive for you
1: totally and it's not just to the, uh, you know, the the cockiness and swagger is definitely a part of it but it would also binds all those uh, Eagles defenders together is just their willingness to work and uh, to kind of stay nose to the ground and uh, follow the leader and I think Sean Brother really fits in that mold too where he can have his fun and be cocky and uh, and show his strength on the field, but he also knows when to work uh, and knows you know to follow the signal caller and uh, really what to do when it's game time. So I think he totally fits that mold in more more ways than one.
0: From what you know about Sean and and just you being you know the NFL fan that you are, if you had to put a Graham Foley stamp of a pro comp on Sean Bradley, who would you kind of compare him to? Uh, for Eagles Ooh. fans to kind of get an idea of, you know, what he brings to the table uh, positionally.
1: Putting me on the spot, that's a good one. Um, well, I mean, I, he's not... I, I'm going to stick stick with the Eagles just so Eagles fans have a better idea. And I'll say there is, uh, there's a lot of similarities with him and Kamu Grugier-Hill with uh, with their, their size, uh, their speed, uh, the fact that, you know... It, even Nate Gary in some ways, like I said, it really is the Eagles NFL mold, the way that he played safety in college. Um, you know, Sean brother really also has that athleticism playing running back and having the ability to drop back into coverage. Um, and, you know, you see common kicking too. Like he, he's a versatile athlete. You can play multiple positions, um, but who has the linebacker title because of his intelligence is because of his ability to work. I think, uh, I would say really Kamu is someone that he uh, can match up to. You know, you're not going to see him be that dominant linebacker like Luke Kuechly. Uh, his, you know, he does he just doesn't have that kind of physical strength at that point, uh, and that takes an enormous amount of talent. Uh, but he can really contribute with his athleticism, his speed, and his intelligence. Um, so I, I think someone close to home is you know Kamu that he can really match
0: up to i think one thing that you've spotlighted a ton about sean is his intelligence and knowing that you know everything going on right now uh and teams doing their digital and and online kind of installs for otas and that kind of stuff that we all anticipate do you think he kind of gets a benefit from that knowing that you know he he functions primarily with that intelligence and it's something he brings to the table that He's going to be able to grasp this playbook, whether it's the special teams book, the defensive book, a lot better than a traditional rookie would because of how smart he is.
1: Totally, and I, I think that uh, when you see Sean Bradley, you might not think he's an NFL player right away because he just he does look a little smaller than you would think it for a linebacker. Um, but I think what he was able to sell teams on during the draft process was, you know, in addition to the plays he's been able to make um, and his speed and. Uh, He does have some size. Uh, But in addition to that, it's just the way that he can speak to an NFL playbook and the way he can speak to running a defense. um, That is something that's always been an asset with him. Any interview I've ever done with him has just been fantastic because he is so smart and he wants to talk football and he wants to break down what this Temple defense is doing, what's working, what's not working, um, how he's seen other guys on his team succeeding or failing and how he helps them. Uh, up their game whether it's a defensive lineman or a defensive back uh, he really knows the whole defense inside and out um so the, yeah i think that's a massive um you know advantage for him because he, even if he's not uh going to be hands-on looking at a playbook with coaches in the building um, he's someone who's so smart that he'll he'll be able to learn that right away and whether they see him as you know a special teams guy like we're hearing or if they really want him to start you know, getting on the field as uh, on defense right away. I think he'll be able to adjust either one of those easily.
0: Now let's take your temple reporter hat off and put your Eagles <laughs> fan hat on. What do you nice. think overall of the Eagles draft? Because I know it's the hot topic. Yeah. Everybody's freaking out about pick number fifty three, but overall, as a group, <laughs> what did you think from top to bottom? of this Eagles draft because I saw your reaction on Snapchat with your dad <laughs> and uh, just wanted to get your thoughts on, you know, how you think how he did.
1: Yeah, my my dad and my brother were not fans in the JNN Hurts <laughs> pick. And, um, yeah, I, and to be honest, I, I, I don't like the pick overall. I think you have definitely convinced me that there's a lot more upside. And I've kind of grown to see what the upside can be. Um, I think a lot of this draft is kind of based on, um, you know, a lot of high risk, high reward that – uh, Rieger is a guy who has a ton of speed Who might not be the complete package That people think Justin Jefferson is um, But hey, he didn't have a good quarterback And he still put up those numbers He does have a ton of speed Which is what this, this, uh, this team needs He didn't have any drops in the red zone last year um, And I think he can be really, really good I like that pick um, Davion Taylor is someone who's so raw And uh, you know, he, he didn't get to play a lot in high school Which was such an interesting story um, that it might be a little bit of a project, but his raw athleticism, um, could be something that's a massive asset long-term. And if these Eagles coaches are what we think they are, um, they could turn him into a great player. Uh, so with that in mind and what the Hertz pick can be, uh, if the NFL changes to utilizing two quarterbacks more often, or if you're able to get good value out of them long-term, um, my only problem with the Hertz pick was just that. You had the issue of having Nick Foles behind Wentz. That whenever there was an issue with Wentz, you know, you're just worried about people calling for Nick Foles. And I think you're kind of voluntarily signing up for a very similar problem next year when you finally didn't have it last year. Um, so just from like a I don't know, an emotional sense with Wentz, uh, that was really where I was shocked. Uh, but he's handled it so well. Obviously, he's such an you know, a smart and articulate person and a great player. Uh, that I don't really think he will have that much of a problem with it. Um, and finally, I think their day three was just great. It was great to have just so many picks for the first yes. time in a while because they just didn't have that much, uh, just a quantity. And they were able to get a lot of guys. I think Hightower could be a good pick. Uh, I, I think Wallace uh, out of Clemson looks like he's someone who's going to be you know, making an impact right away. Um, we can't have too many you know, Brian Dawkins expectations on him being a safety from Clemson, but he does have a lot of talent he's bringing in. Um, and like I said, I think Sean they can really contribute right away. I think overall they did well uh, going for speed, having speed in mind and it uh, really getting a lot of, a lot of value in that last day. Uh, so overall I think it was a good draft. It was just kind of wild. And I think it's going to be a lot of high risk, high reward overall.
0: I completely agree with you. And I know you're a big Jersey number guy too. And we've gotten two yeah. Eagles. <laughs> Uh, rookies jersey numbers either be announced or leaked uh, jalen rager in number 18 most famously mm. worn by jeremy macklin jeremy macklin mm-hmm. and Kayvon wallace teasing on his instagram story number 42 Ooh. what do you think of these jersey numbers graham foley
1: <laughs> i love 18 um, I, I love it. a teen number for a speed guy, I think it just kind of fits them well. Um, you just see him running and I don't know something about a skinny one it's just and you see the person flying. I think it works really well. Um, 42 is interesting. I, I, 40, 40 numbers for uh, defensive backs are always kind of, you know, are very, are very interesting to me. But uh, it... You know, forty two is obviously a historic number and really great, so I don't think you can really complain about the numbers. I think that's uh that's a good start for a couple of these rookies.
0: I agree. I was concerned at first with forty two because you know he's Kayvon's this confident, cocky, swagger filled guy, and I was like, Forty two just seems so bulky for Yeah, a bulky is what I was thinking. Corner type hybrid player. But then I saw a friend of the show, Brendan Walker. He works for the NFL Network and and covers the birds for Fourth and John as well. He said something that just sparked uh, pure emotion and happiness in my heart. And he (laughs) said, Ronnie Lott 2.0. Oh,
1: that is a great point. I don't know. I didn't think about that. I'm all on board. I'm all on board. Give me 42. I love it.
0: Kayvon brings another elite nickname to that Eagle secondary. He goes by Hmm. K Master Lock. You've got the Green Goblin. It, that is fantastic. It just You've got Darius Slay, who just has a badass swagger last name to begin with.
1: And he is such a great player. I'm so excited to see him. I think that's something that's getting buried in this draft, too. That He was basically part of this draft. Mm-hmm. Um, very excited to see him play.
0: That's a great point. I don't think a lot of people think about that either, because it feels like uh, an eternity ago that they traded for Darius Slay, but... They mm-hmm. traded a third and a fifth round pick for him, and that's an awesome point that I didn't even yeah. really think of, is that he essentially is part of this draft class.
1: Exactly, yeah. And you you already know what he brings to the table there, and he's a really great player.
0: Plus, you've got Strap, Captain Craven, LeBlanc oh, in there. You've got Avante Maddox, who is just your your shorter underdog type of corner, who is just fantastic.
1: I, I think... really think Avante's good. I think he's got a great future. I think he had, he had some difficulties last year at cornerback, but... He can really do well in the slot. He can really do well as a safety. I'm excited to see what he does next
0: year. I completely agree with you. I think he's sensational. And I think, not to compare them, but I think Kayvon and Avante both being fourth-round picks, kind of being undervalued in the draft, mm-hmm. you have some similarities there where those guys can really you know, start to build a bit of a next-gen core for this Eagles secondary even though it's so young already, you're just continuing to infuse young talent into it. And uh, that's why I'm really excited for Kayvon Wallace in this secondary.
1: And that's something this team has really needed, just a, a core secondary that can bond together. Um, you know, that, that just makes all the difference in the world when it's not a rotation of guys. And that's not always a big need, a big problem. When you have talent there that can mold together, that's going to be really exciting to see.
0: And I think I said it on an, an episode a couple episodes ago. I think all this confidence and cockiness and swagger in the secondary is going to do wonders for Sidney Jones.
1: Absolutely. Totally. And I think he is someone who always did have the confidence in himself that maybe other people didn't have in him when he was struggling. Um, You know, it's tough to get used to the NFL life, especially when you're at a position that's being changed so much and when you have so many expectations on you, even though you came in as an injured player. um, You can always see that even though, you know, he would have his struggles He still knew that he had a lot of talent there and that he could, you know, be a starter in this league. Um, So I I think he does have natural, um, you know, faith in himself. uh, But it's going to be really great to be with a group of guys. It's going to be, you know, the talent will be rubbing off on him for sure.
0: Yeah, I'm super excited about this Eagles team. And uh, before we move on to our next topic, Graham, I know we were talking off air, but... uh, our awesome sponsors at Tomahawk Shades. We're doing a giveaway with them on social media tomorrow, so be ready. Keep the eyes peeled. Put our notifications on at Underground PHI. Uh, but if you want to get your hands on, you know, some new sunglasses, some blue light glasses. Everybody, including us, Graham, we're staring at computer screens all day long, oh, yeah. working from home. All this good stuff. You got to protect your eyes. I've got my blue light mm-hmm. glasses on right now. I wear them all the time. And uh, one thing that I was, you know, wondering before I got them, I was like, how much are they going to really help? And as soon as you put them on and go through a session of, you know, staring at a screen for a long amount of time, you really do see the difference and feel the difference on your eyes. And the quality of the product that Tomahawk Shades is bringing to the table is second to none. They are providing just such a great product at an affordable price. You know, why would you go out and and have to take out a small loan for a pair of these high profile sunglasses when you can go and get the same style from our friends at Tomahawk Shades for a fraction of the price? And not only that, they hooked us up with an elite promo code that's going to take even more money off for you at checkout. When you guys go to checkout, use the promo code USP, Underground Sports Philadelphia, super simple three letters. You're going to save 25% off an already affordable product. And we can't thank Tomahawk Shades enough for all they do for us. And uh, go protect your eyes because you only get two two eyes in this lifetime. Don't burn them out staring at a screen without protecting them. So uh, go support our friends at Tomahawk Shades. It's TomahawkShades.com. And then at checkout, use the promo code USP. Graham, you and I are big baseball guys. Mm-hmm. We love our baseball, and the Korean baseball organization is underway with some of our favorite. Trust the prospects, Phillies.
1: <laughs> that is completely correct. Uh, <laughs> night one was the best way to start when you had the Samsung Lions against the NC Dinos. Uh, the Dinos with uh, uh, with Aaron Altair, who hit a moonshot home run uh, early this morning. And uh, and the Lions, who have both Ben Lively and David Buchanan, uh, fantastic. Uh, it's hard to pick a team so far. Uh, but, yeah, I'm very excited about this league.
0: Yeah, and, I mean, opening night, it started at 1.30 a.m. Eastern time, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to buckle in. I might have work in the morning, <laughs> but I'm going to sit through this game and see how it really goes. And, you know, it was super on brand for Aaron Altair in game one. He goes 0 for 4. And I felt like we didn't see a couple of flyouts. Yeah. They he, were... he, uh... You know, once he yeah, starts he... putting the barrel on the bat, like he did this morning, he's going to tear up the Korean baseball organization.
1: Totally. That's going to be fun to watch. Cause you saw the talent that he had when he, when he was at the Phillies. It obviously didn't work out, but uh, you know, he's someone who I think, is a little bit uh, above some of the talent level in there, and I think that's going to be really fun to watch. I'm glad that he's uh, getting a second chance to show what he can do. Yeah,
0: and I mean, just watching the product, and I kind of compared it a bit in my head to the XFL. It was, you know, it was the sport. It's baseball. It's your traditional game, but, you know, you're not going to have major league talent for the most part playing in the Korean baseball organization. There's going to be a few players, a few uh you know foreign players that are US guys that are trying to kind of refine themselves but overall it's not gonna be the elite major league baseball talent but there are a lot of talented guys in this league and I was thoroughly impressed by what I saw on night one seeing some of the highlights from you know today's games as well. This league's very very fun and I am thrilled that I have an opportunity to kind of watch it now six days a week and and kind mm-hmm. of get behind a league that deserves more attention. You know, you've seen guys come out of the KBO, most notably Eric Thames a couple years ago where he just absolutely torched the talent over there and it resulted in a major league baseball contract and him getting back into the MLB. Uh I think the the KBO can provide a bit of a, you know, distraction for people that are longing for baseball.
1: Totally. And I think it gives everybody hope that sports can come back. It kind of Serves as the blueprint of what the MLB can do uh, if and when that time comes, or they want to start playing games again. Uh, and it's just you know unifying to be able to watch a different part of the world play a game that you know is so sacred here, and see how they put their spin on it. Like you said with the XFL, um, there are no fans in the stands right now, but the fans are elite at the KBO with their um, their thunder sticks and their chants, and that's been fun. Um, and not to mention too with. Uh, bat flips, uh, they really are not even, it's never even been controversial there. They never even have been considered something that's disrespectful to a pitcher or the game. Uh, so they just flip their bat every time they hit a home run. I think Aaron Altair didn't get the memo yet. He didn't really have much of a bat flip yesterday. Uh, but some other guys have had some great ones. So that's going to be fun to watch. Um, and hopefully that kind of normalizes it here so we can let the kids play a little bit more and have some fun.
0: Exactly. And I think one of the cool things too was that I was skeptical about it first they were pumping in artificial crowd noise. And right. while you're watching the game, it truly does sound like there are fans there because when you know high-pressure situations are going on, it gets more intense. When a home run is hit, it gets louder. And I think that right. helps the players over there too kind of feel a sense of normalcy where you're not really paying attention to who's in the stands, but if you hear it, I think it's going to help a ton of those guys over there just feel a sense of You know, normalcy with playing games with no fans in the stands. But that artificial noise, I think, is going to be a big help.
1: Absolutely. That's something fun just to kind of, like you said, just bring a sense of normalcy. There was a home run hit um, in one of the first games on opening day. Uh, They couldn't tell if it was fair or not. And you didn't have a crowd there to throw your arms in the air. And it was just a lot of confusion. And then uh, eventually the guy realizes a home run and just rounded the bases Almost nonchalantly, so having some kind of crowd noise to bring some normalcy there is going to be important because there's a lot of abnormal factors with this.
0: Yeah, I I've gotten on board with the NC Dinos. I I like their <laughs> their backstory, expansion franchise. Uh, sure. They have elite mascots, and they do. They've never won a championship, so I got to root for the underdog. And you know, you Great look one. at some of these le- these other teams in this in these leagues. They had a few of the. Uh, insiders for the KBO on the first broadcast. And they were talking about how the NC Dinos are one of those teams that have always kind of believed in analytics. And I was like, all right, we're Mm. on brand here. And, uh, you know, I think they're a team that's going to be consistent. And I I think having an elite mascot pays dividends for your success as well. And they've got two dinosaurs that remind me of the, uh, the, the Saturday morning commercial cartoons of the dinosaurs who taught you how to brush your teeth
1: right yeah that's um with the nc dinos and their mascot that's swole daddy who's one of them right yes that is that is the greatest name for a mascot i've ever heard in my entire life swole daddy uh if that's not enough to you know root for a team i don't know what it is i think the philly fanatic and swole daddy need to have some kind of collab at some point
0: yeah i mean you've got two dinosaurs one of them's got a chain around his neck and (laughs) you know it, it it just makes too much sense, so I'm I'm on Game
1: is very undervalued, I think.
0: I totally agree, and <laughs> you know you've got Aaron Altair on the NC Dinos as well, so you've got the Philadelphia connection, and mm-hmm. their catcher is compared to JT Real Muto. They say he's the KBO really? JT. So I, sign me up. Sign That's me up right for there. for being an NC Dinos fan. Um, but we also got some news today as well that. U.S. wise, we have our four, our first sports league making its return and announced its plan to return, and that's the Premier Lacrosse League. I know a lot of people uh, that listen to this show also listen to our lacrosse podcast, but there are also a lot of people that have never watched a lacrosse game, and it's going to be very awesome to see how many people truly tune in during what the PLL is calling their, uh, their championship tournament. And... Uh, it's going to be a two week tournament and it's going to be broadcast during when the Olympics were going to be aired. So you're going to have professional sports on NBC in prime time and kind of giving a platform to a sport that a lot of people in the lacrosse community deem is the sport of the future because of the physicality of the similarities to a lot of the major four sports. I think this is a massive get for the PLL to not only showcase it's league and, and get more eyes on this on its league, but getting more eyes on the sport as well.
1: Yeah. it's just a brilliant idea that now people who are just wanting a sports fix who may have plenty of my friends who don't really watch the cross. It's not that they don't like the sport; it's just, you know, they have so many other sports that they're watching. They're not going to add one that they're not really familiar with. They're not going to give this one a chance and realize how much fun it really is. Uh, and if they are able to pull this off safely and do a tournament instead of the season, adding some excitement and be on TV every night. That's going to also set the blueprint for other American sports uh, while also just owning the spotlight. It's a really great move. Uh, If they can do it safely, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun for people to watch.
0: Yeah. It's the championship series on NBC, NBC SN and NBC sports gold. It's going to run from July 25th to August 9th. So we get 16 days, 20 games tournament style. Uh, The playoffs will happen as well. It'll be a bracket and uh, you get one champion, and this is going to be in lieu of the season. And I'm just super excited. When I found out this news was happening, you know, the PLL tweeted, tune in to uh, the Today Show. They announced it on the Today Show, which I thought also, you know, that gets Smart. millions of eyes on this league now. And, you know, covering this league last year, traveling all over the U.S., covering this league in year one was an absolute joy. This league is truly innovating the sport of lacrosse, and I I just want to send the message out to everybody. You're going to want to tune in to these 16 days and 20 games of lacrosse because it is the best talent on the planet in this sport, and it's going to be just electric. There's going to be no fans, obviously, but I talked to a couple coaches in the league today and uh, some people around the league The energy for this is through the roof. You know, they've dubbed it PLL Island because of, you know, the UFC. And they talked about having a private island for fights and everything. But they're going to be three weeks of quarantine uh, with everybody that's going to be involved. It's going to be less than 300 people total, which I think is a big plus as well as compared to some of the other major sports where you have, you know, 30 to 32 teams. All of those teams, individual medical staffs and essential staffs where it puts numbers through the roof. This is a a league with seven teams and game day rosters are going to be 18 players and they're only going to have four reserves. So 22 players per roster, the coaches, the medical staff, and then just the essential personnel from the league. I think it's a a huge get to get it in the, the Olympics time slot and uh we're gonna have a lot of eyes on the sport of lacrosse for this duration of time this summer
1: totally and you know when everyone starts getting curious about uh, you know, what is the pll and you know, how has it been operating so far you're gonna be the, the one right there has been who's been uh there since the beginning is gonna be uh, able to say hey look at my podcast and uh and see how fun this sport is it's, it's really such a great idea by them and I'm excited to see it.
0: I explain the sport of lacrosse to people that have no sense of what the sport is. It's almost like basketball, soccer, and hockey all decided to come together and just give birth (laughs) to a baby. Because isn't that beautiful? It's it's so nice because you have the (laughs) speed of hockey going up and down the field. uh, Mm -hmm. You know similarities with stick usage and everything like that. And then basketball-wise, you've got you know play creation, shot creation. Uh, all that kind of stuff, and then soccer-wise, the endurance that you have to have to run up and down that field with the shot clock being shorter than any other lacrosse league, whether it's college or other pro leagues. Uh, People are going to get on board with this, and I'm very excited to see how many people tune in and stick with it because obviously that first game you're going to see a lot of people watch, and it's going to get eyes on it, and people are going to determine if they want to watch it or not. But you're going to have a lot of people that stick with it, just kind of like the XFL. And it's just going to be a new sport for people to watch that, like you said, you have friends that like the sport. But when there's other major sports going on, they're going to opt for that over watching
1: lacrosse. Right. Totally. And this is the fastest game on FIA. I think it's going to surprise a lot of people with how much fun it really is to watch.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I can't wait. Um, When I found out the news this morning, I was doing backflips because, (laughs) like you said, it, it kind of presents a mold now to the other sports leagues like, hey, this can be done if you kind of put a plan of action together and and get things off on the right track if you can do it safely. Totally. So, Graham, I was uh, scrolling the social medias today. You and I both social media savants. uh, (laughs) And I saw a very interesting, uh, you know, tweet that I think you would get a kick out of. It's one of those pick your quarantine houses. Ooh. Uh but it has a twist to it. So I'm gonna have you pick your quarantine house and see uh how you're feeling about these six houses. So house number one, Graham. Okay. You get in this house Netflix and Hulu, mm-hmm. you get a heated blanket, mm. a comfy couch, and endless snacks. My goodness. But here's the kicker. That house has bed bugs. Uh. Okay. House number two. That's an interesting start. (laughs) House number two, you get a porch swing. Cool. You've got whiskey. You got a fire pit and a fishing pond. But you're living with someone that you don't like. Hmm. Okay. House number three, you get a home gym, protein shakes, a view of the city, and a small Mm. dog. Oh. But... You don't have any smartphones or tablets.
1: Oh, no, 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 no.
0: (laughs) House number four, you get a swimming pool, margaritas, a master grill, and a big dog. Oh, yeah. But you have no video games. All right, those are the four options. We've got two more. Oh, God. Okay, cool. House number five gives you a library a garden, a coffee bar, a fluffy cat, but the house has ghosts.
1: (laughs) That would freak me out.
0: House number six, the final house, you get a hot tub, a mountain view, a movie projector, a wine cellar, but there's no internet.
1: Oh, God. That's a nightmare. It's terrible. That's worse than a (laughs) ghost. Um... All right, let's break this down. Um, numbers two and three, I want to rule out right away because no smartphones, it's not going to work. Exactly. Um, and the outdoor, outdoor stuff is nice. It's not what I'm aiming for in quarantine. Number one had me from the start. The bed bugs is just horrific. Um, you know, you can think about calling an exterminator or doing something, but then you're just always going to be wondering: Are they still there? Was that scratch right. I just felt actually a bed bug? Like that—that that ruins it. I'm I'm gonna go number four, and I'm gonna do it pretty solidly. I love a big dog. I love everything offered there. Uh, want a swimming pool? Want Margs? And no video games is tough. I've been playing a lot of GameCube recently. Uh, getting back into like Double Dash and oh, uh, Super Mario Strikers. Uh, oh, yeah. And Super Mario Baseball. Um, I would, it would hurt to be without those. But I'm not the biggest gamer with other stuff, mostly because my brother moved his PS4 into his bedroom. So now I really can't ever use it. Oh, so is uh, being selfish there, huh? Exa- I mean, technically it's his. He got it for his birthday. But we were all using it as a family. So I thought that was a, a selfish move when I went to college. But it's fine. It's fine. Uh, So I haven't been playing Fortnite at all, um, or really any other games I used to play on the PS4. Haven't played Madden in a while, or 2K. Um, So while that wouldn't be ideal, I know I can survive without it, and the other stuff sounded great. So I'm going to go with number four.
0: Yeah, I went through all six of these options and and carefully curated. And like you said, video game-wise, I've been an absolute fiend playing Animal (laughs) Crossing. Uh, oh, yeah. It's it's just been one of those things that takes you away from everyday life and, and puts you in a virtual world that is just fun and there's no cares. Um, yeah. So I went through each option and I was like, you know what? the The caveat to each one absolutely stinks. <laughs> so I'd probably be homeless. I'd have to find a different <laughs> quarantine house because none of these I could live in. Um, They're just not
1: going to work, yeah.
0: But it's an interesting question because all of the other ones, it's like, oh, just pick it because, you know, there's it's all oh, positives, but right. all of these with positives, and then they throw in that big negative, it really makes you think about which house you really want to live in.
1: I love that um, that kind of concept, and I'm trying to think if you could do one for the Eagles. Um, you know, it's just like, or, you know, it's Philly sports in general. Like, this table is Nick Foles, uh, Fletcher Cox, and... Randall Cunningham, but it's also Ndamdi Owosemoa, or it's also you know, someone else who you don't, you don't want to be with. It's uh, also Jim Schwartz
0: giving up a first down on fourth and fifteen every time. Yes,
1: it's also <laughs> six six defense or something. <laughs> like, yeah, I that would be fun. <laughs> that one for the Phils would
0: like be Bryce Harper. Uh, mm-hmm. Chase Utley You Chase have Utley. Harry Callis But you also have The 1993 Joe Carter home run on loop Oh,
1: go okay. on The 1964 claps for the yes. oldies maybe. <laughs> Something like that The 2011 Game 5 Oh my god That is, that brutal. Me. That is brutal That's a killer uh, If you one, if you uh, a, a quick plug for Todd Zalecki's book, Doc, yes. that's coming out, too. you got to get that one. I was able to uh, help him out with transcriptions, and he wrote a really nice acknowledgement um, for me at the back of the book. So definitely check out that part on page, page 323. Uh, but that's been a great book. That's kind of been occupying my, uh, my um, quarantine time recently. Uh, and reading about that 2010 team uh, and the perfect game and the no-hitter in the playoffs, uh, I've just been really missing Philly's playoff baseball even though that 2011 game scarred me for life.
0: Oh, absolutely. But look at you, you are your big time book guy now.
1: Yeah. I, I like that was, that was a fun project to be a part of. I got to hear some really cool interviews and stuff like that from, um, you know, from all these Phillies players, but also different blue Jays players that uh, played with Roy, different coaches that worked with him um, and hearing about like the man he was and also the, uh, the guy he was just in the, in the film room and, uh, his routine before playing every game that stayed exactly the same. Um, everyone talks about how after the no hitter, he, he said, uh, you know, it was my, it was a team effort, you know, let's go win two more games and win this series. But uh, he also went and just did his post game stretches with, uh, with the different assistant coaches and stuff like that. While the rest of the team was ready to pop champagne. Uh, he was just such a great workhorse and a great dude. And it was really a fun book to be part of.
0: That's awesome stuff. So yes, I absolutely agree. You should definitely go grab todd's book i am uh definitely it's it's on my uh wish list so i'm definitely going to mm. be getting that in the very near future
1: um i might be able to get a uh a, a code that you can get a discount on it uh with my name uh so stay tuned for that look at this throw it on the pod
0: grandma Foley, social <laughs> media influencer th-
1: a little bit of an influencer, right. Help out the uh, underground sports Philadelphia community a little yes, bit. Yes,
0: absolutely. We will, uh, we will definitely plug that for Todd and for you. Uh, one last thing before we wrap up. Uh, Grandpa, you are known for having one of the most iconic and lucky basketball jerseys known to man. <laughs> yes, sir. Talk to the people about the Obama jersey.
1: So it is President Obama's high school basketball jersey from when he was at Punahou Prep in Hawaii. It's... A beautiful, it kind of looks like a Warriors jersey, uh, blue with uh, the gold lettering. And there's also some alternate versions uh, that he wore. It's the exact jersey he wore. You can look at pictures of it. Uh, Lumla Man Barrio, he was number 23 before Michael Jordan and before LeBron. So the original GOAT, next year is not my Jordan year. It's not my LeBron year. It's my Obama year. I'm very excited. Um, but like you said, it, it's very lucky. I got it my freshman year. Uh, start what's when me and my friends got season tickets for the Sixers and we all split them up. So I was going to like twelve games that year. Um and I started I got it around Christmas time. I got it for Christmas. Um started wearing it to games in January when Joel Embiid was playing um and when this team was just starting to win games I should win when Robert Covington was playing out of his mind and they just kept winning. So I kept wearing it and Uh, 4-0 for the first four games A comeback win against uh, the the Portland Trailblazers Where Covington hit that last second shot Um, A a comeback win against uh, the Grizzlies uh, Or no, excuse me, against the Timberwolves Uh, And then I was going to a game against the Raptors And I I told my roommate I can't wear it Because, you know, the Raptors are so good And uh, if we lose and the streak's over And he's like, you need to test the streak You need to see if it's legitimate or not You can't be a coward with this And I was like, all right, good point So I wore it, and they destroyed Kyle Lauer and the Raptors, a very good team that season. Uh, I think they were the number one seed at that point. Uh, And so I have now worn this to 15 76ers games, including game six against the Raptors, uh, the last game I went to that season. And they have won every single game. I thought about trying to go on the road to game seven just so I could wear the jersey and be there for the luck um but you know i don't know if it works on the road it's all been home games. Right. we'll see we, we, we haven't uh, tested
0: the road theory yet
1: totally not and yeah you know, i wore it for the bucks last year and they beat the bucks at home and there have been plenty of good opportunities to um you know to showcase the luck and excitement that jersey brings so hopefully i'll be able to wear it to a couple more Sixers games before this season ends
0: and you wore it to the heat blowout and afterwards you met mike scott
1: Yes, correct. I did do that. That so, was a fun night. I got to wear it to that game. It's got the yeah, Hive touch on it. It does. it does. It Very much. you know, I love the Mike Scott Hive. and I think I've worn that to every kind of Mike Scott event. Um, so I, I wish I could have worn it for the playoff game last year. I could have had a ticket if I wasn't working to game four against the Raptors. I uh, could have brought some luck there, but I was able to wear it to the tailgate before it. Um, so, yeah, it, maybe the Mike Scott Hive is what's been uh, – giving it its luck it's continued success
0: it's one of the luckiest jerseys known to man and knock on wood that <laughs> luck continues right. when we get the sixers back Graham foley you're the absolute best we need to do this more often but let Absolutely. everybody know where they can follow you on uh the old social medias so they can stay up to date with everything you're doing uh you know sports wise post temple career and obviously <laughs> you're, you're working for the phillies right now too
1: I am, yeah, happy to be working with the social team for the Phillies this season, coming up with a now without baseball. It's been difficult but fun. Um, I've, I've admired their, their group that's been on that team for a while, so I'm so excited to be a part of that. Uh, but yeah, if you want to follow me uh, at Graham underscore Foley three on Twitter. Uh, love tweeting. Uh, plenty of uh, hot takes about food in addition to sports coverage. Um, I have one more story at the Inquirer that I'm going to be doing before that internship comes to an end. That will be posted on there. Uh, feel feel free to follow me on Instagram too if you want That's more of a personal page But underscore Instagram Like G-R-A-H-A-M my name Underscore three um, Made that in high school so it's a weird name You're so um, damn clever man <laughs> I was like I couldn't I couldn't go on Instagram Without using my first name Graham But uh, yeah if you want to throw me a follow But uh, Kyle this is so much fun I'm glad that we were finally able to do this uh, Definitely down to do it again uh, And this has really just been a fun podcast to follow and listen to And now finally be on
0: you're the absolute best, and now that you brought it up, you need to drop a fire food take on our listeners' heads.
1: Oh, okay. All right. Um, I'm trying to think of one that's kind of unique that I haven't thrown out there on the social medias as much because I have some ones that have gotten you know, angry traction commonly that uh, you know, cream, tre- cream cheese is trash, so you put butter on a bagel. Uh, the buffalo wings. I'm sorry, just don't like them. I know I'm weird for that one because I just don't like the taste of hot sauce. I used Not to good. be that
0: way, but okay. my taste buds have kind. Of, they say your taste buds change every seven years, and I've started to kind of believe that theory because I can I can get down with some buffalo sauce now. And up until you know, I'd probably say six months ago, it was never that way.
1: Wow! All right, well, that's good. That, I, that's hope that I want because yeah, it's not even the spice; it's just the flavor I just don't like. Yeah. Um, and then stuffing being trash is my is I'll the be original on board take. With you on that one, <laughs> and I've always appreciated your support there. It's been good. I'll give you one more that um, ricotta cheese is gross in my opinion, and I think it's what ruins lasagnas wow. and other dishes like that. Like I like a lasagna, but it's got to be more meat and pasta when it's a lot of a, that kind of cheese. I'm not a big cheese guy overall, but ricotta cheese cannot do. And so as much as a cannoli appeals to me in the way it looks, and like if it was vanilla icing, then sure, but I cannot deal with ricotta cheese. Um, so ricotta cheese is trash. That's my, my fire food take for today.
0: See, I'll, I'll flip that one on you, and I think ricotta cheese only belongs in lasagna and cannolis.
1: Oh, okay. You wouldn't use it otherwise? or that, I don't think I would. Know, you...
0: I don't think I have come across anything else that it would – you know, serve its full purpose in.
1: Gotcha. Oh, no, that's that's fair. Um, but yeah, for me, that's what brings brings down the uh, cannoli and lasagna status, status to me.
0: Graham eats more meals than Sixers Adam does. And <laughs> that's true. That's all that counts. Uh, <laughs> make sure you follow Graham on Twitter at Graham underscore Foley three, and he had number three before Bryce Harper did, so it's his that's number. It's true. Uh, it's very true. I was
1: I was playing right field and. Uh, and Winning championships in Lionville Youth Association is number three, even before Bryce started winning championships. Look at that. Billy, Bryce Harper so. looks up to you, Graham. <laughs> Don't let people oh, get it course. twisted. Totally. Uh,
0: you can follow the pod on social media, Twitter and Instagram, at PHI. Put those notifications on so you know when our giveaway with Tomahawk Shades goes live. We also put out our application for our summer interns. So make sure if you are still looking for an internship or say your internship got canceled because of everything going on in the world, you can do our internship remotely. So fill out that application. We'd love to have you on board and uh, looking forward to going through those applications as they come in. And make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Graham told me, has told me for years, you only leave a five-star podcast review because... Graham has standards, we have standards, and we know you do too, <laughs> and those are five-star standards. Leave a podcast review with some fire food takes, and we'll we'll send totally. them over to Graham, and uh, <laughs> let us know what you think about Graham's analysis of Sean Bradley or anything else that comes to mind. Leave it on our Apple Podcast Reviews. And uh, if you don't have an iPhone, you could either upgrade your phone so you can leave a podcast review, or you can check us out on Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, the TuneIn app, iHeartRadio, radio.com, wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. Make sure you go cop Todd Zalecki's book, too, because Graham is mentioned in the book, and that's what matters. Uh, <laughs> totally. I'll,
1: and I'll let you know if I get that uh, get that link yeah, together. Let Todd, know, love to,
0: let Todd know. We'd love to absolutely plug that for him because uh, totally. we love what he does. And uh, shout out to our awesome sponsors, Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21. Paul J. Gillespie, Incorporated, Mark Ronchetti, CPA, LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland, of course, Design Tree, and Tomahawk Shades. And make sure you follow the Twitch stream so you know when we go live, twitch.tv slash undergroundsportsphi. And this has been episode number 234 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. For Graham, I'm your host, Kyle Bennett. We are signing off. Peace.